Hello, friends. Welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm Paul White. It's the 23rd day of May. Thank you for joining me. We got the week up and running, and I hope that you are having a fantastic week and uh, that you are resting in the free favor of our Lord Jesus, knowing that God loves you. Our intent here at the Deeper Daily Podcast is to shine the light on that loving Father as displayed through the face of His Son, Jesus. All the way back to the roots of what we've tried to do with this podcast is to go a little deeper every day. It's why we started a long time ago doing verse-by-verse studies. It's just not a common thing. It's not as if you can find a lot of places and people doing verse-by-verse. It's not the only way to study the Bible. I realize that, but if we're just taking a snippet here and there, uh, I'm sorry. If we're if we're taking a snippet here and there, sometimes you got to cover big swaths in one time. But if you are methodically, slowly, daily going through something, and you can take your time. We're trying to do that with this topic this week, the topic of hell. And we're doing it because it's the word we come across in Mark 9. What we're actually studying is Mark 9. But I've been taking a few days, and we're going to take a few more, to deal with hell in scriptural terms. It's a. Let me start today by just sort of getting a little bit to the etymology of this word, because something I've repeated over and over, and I'll say it again, is there is no, there's no word in the Hebrew for hell. There's no word in the Greek for hell. It's a word we derived in the English from other words. There are words that are underneath the word hell. There's Sheol and Hades and Gehenna and Tartarus. We've talked about all of them, but Gehenna, which we're going to try to, we're going to get into today, and then really get rolling this week with it. Um, But there's not a word for hell. In fact, hell has become sort of a catch-all word, a word that we use to describe anything bad, any bad place, any bad scenario, any bad thing. It's usually hot desolate, dark, punishing, and it's always associated with error and sin. So if we use it in sort of an allegorical way and we say, we've created hell, we've done it because of the choices we've made, the sins we've committed, the mistakes we've made. I think it's a perfectly understandable way to use that English word. Um, The problem, (laughs) of course, is that Due to nearly 400 years of using King's English, because the King James went crazy with this English word hell, and they used it for Sheol, they used it for Hades, they used it for Gehenna, they used it for Tartarus, words that actually had root in the cultures they came out of that had nothing to do with hell as we've derived it, or at least not nearly as much to do with hell as we've derived it, due to that 400-year monopoly in some respects, we have a kind of a simplistic, horrifying perception of hell. And we have a lot of ways to interpret it. Like, is it the lake of fire? Is it a place of utter darkness? Is it a purifying fire? Is it a torture chamber? If you go there, do you get burned up and annihilated? Or do you get transformed into, say, like gold refined in the fire? Or do you stay there and suffer forever and forever? 
Is it a place void of God's presence or is it a place full of God's presence? And if it's full of God's presence, is God's presence doing any work on the people who are there? Well, those are the questions that have been struggled with for centuries. And I'm not going to try to land you on some sort of ultimate answer. Of course, before we're done, I'm going to give you my thoughts uh, over the course of this study. But my whole point in doing this is to get you to think and get you to dig a little bit. Let's talk etymology before we get into Gehenna. Because the modern English word hell is derived from an old English word, H-E-L, that we first see come into use in the early 8th century. We're talking like around 725. We start to see it used as a word to refer to the, the netherworld, the underworld. Actually, a word used to refer to the world of the dead. But we've got a bunch of different roots for this, like Old Saxon and Middle Dutch and Old High German and Modern German and Gothic. Um, In whatever way it was used, it, it always transferred a pagan concept because the pagans had a place called hell. And Christians started to transfer the pagan concept of the underworld into Christian theology, and thus they picked up the vocabulary of the pagans. Because the old English word, the word hell, is from the Old Norse. It was the Norway tradition of H-E-L. And the Norwegians had a deep spiritualism of, you know, Valhalla and hell, the, the place the warrior goes when he dies and the place that the sinner goes when they die. And so it was borrowed in some respect by Christians. That brings us to the most popular usage of the English word hell in the New Testament, and that is the word Gehenna. And most of your major translations, most of your major translations that are modern have stopped using the word hell. And that has been a source of great anger and consternation to people who think that modern translators are these liberal progressives trying to take the truth out of the Bible. So you'll hear people who are mad at a modern translation because they don't say hell, they say Gehenna. And they'll be like, they're trying to soften Jesus' words. Okay, no, Jesus didn't say hell. Jesus said Gehenna. And you can say, okay, well, they mean the same thing. Well, that's what I want to do the next few days is show you that they do not necessarily mean the same thing. Because Gehenna is not just another term for hell. Gehenna is a very important point in understanding divine judgment because it reaches back deep into the Old Testament and then runs across the prophetic timeline all the way up into Jesus. Jesus is not making up a new place called hell. Jesus is borrowing a tradition and... Understanding that tradition will profoundly influence what we're hearing Jesus say. Now, no one's got it all figured out, but we've, we've overlooked a lot of stuff. We've overlooked a lot of what Jesus was trying to say and how he was trying to say it. But I want to give you a little heads up. If you really want to understand Jesus' scope of ministry regarding quote-unquote hell, and I say quote-unquote because he didn't use the word. He said Gehenna. The person that you need to watch is Jeremiah. Jeremiah, in so many respects, is the precursor 
to Jesus. Jesus is actually preaching in the Jeremiah tradition. And what we're going to do starting tomorrow is I want to look at Gehenna through the geography of it and then the Old Testament. And then we want to, over the next few days, get into this Jeremiah tradition because that will land us on Jesus. I love these kind of studies. I hope you do too. We're going to have a good time on this journey. See you tomorrow. God bless.